Hi, I'm Tracy. And I'm Norma. And we're Black, Black Girls, Girls with Accents. Hi, everyone. We're back. Um, this is our third episode. Thank you for joining us again. And this episode, we're talking about being Black enough and our experience around that um, while in the U.S. and also abroad, I guess. Yeah. Like just our experience, our experience in general about being black enough. And just a disclaimer before we move forward. So it, it just so happens that someone's decided to have some repair work. So you might hear some drilling in the background. Can't control that. And uh, I live in a rather old house. So there's a heating system that's knocking about. So you might hear some sounds other than our voices, but just bear with us, please. Yes. <laughs> So, well, you start. I feel like it's not. Am yeah. I black enough? When? Yeah. Um, <laughs> not a question that was posed to me growing up in England because I was in a predominantly white environment. And so questions about race, racial identity, blackness were, um, I suppose, put forth by older siblings who constantly reminding me remember you're a black girl so you have to make sure you go swimming you cover your head and because you're a black girl you have to make sure that you lotion properly yes um uh and some other kinds of um directives or pointers more so to do though with this kind of grooming stuff that because you're black you have to make sure yes um but here yeah, I've I've dealt with the kind of tokenism that comes with being black and foreign. Yeah. I will say, um, I've noticed being treated different. I've been treated differently mm-hmm. because I'm black, but not black and American. Yes. Um, In good ways and bad ways. Yeah, yeah. So there is this, well, you're not black, black. I remember that happening yeah. uh, on a job one time. I used to work uh, when I was in uh, D.C. in graduate school. I remember it was a conversation and, and sometimes it's said almost as though that's supposed to be a compliment. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I was told, well, you're black, but you're not black, black. Yes. And I was like, well, what does that mean? I'm not black, black. Yes. Cause, Cause I'm, 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 I'm black. Do you mean loud? Cause I consider that ghetto. Right. Right. Black. There are many ways <laughs> like, to be black. Yeah. And, um, in the, it's all about perception, right? How do you yeah. perceive black? So obviously growing up in a different country, but I've lived here for a long time, but growing up in a different country, there are certain cultural markers or references yeah. that were unfamiliar to me when I first arrived in the late 80s, yeah. mid to late 80s. Um, I didn't know, you know, with television shows or food even, um, music. Weren't references that I knew. Caribbean, yes. But uh, African-American, no. And so, I don't know. It could be something as simple as a game, playing spades. Yes. I've never played spades a day in my <laughs> life. And I know it's a popular game that people like to play. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, it's kind of like the barometer of your back blackness in some circles yeah. is dictated by the most trivial things. For me, it's most important to have a knowledge of self and history. I'm sure I could run circles around people who think they're black, black, but yet don't know anything about About their history. The history, not just about black people in this country, but globally. So, um, yeah. Or just the fact that 
I am black. Like, it's not, I don't feel like there's um, nothing else that I can identify with. I know we're in a period of time where people are allowed to express what they identify with and like, and which group they belong to, which I think is great. But I feel like because of the way I look, the way my hair is, the way I feel, there is no other group for me to say that I belong to. So if that same group, just because of um, like, if there's, if the same group now says that I don't belong to them, that is, it, it is an odd feeling. Like if I say I'm black, and but an African American person goes like, yeah, but like you're not you're not really black, and I'm like, but I am really black, cause what else would I be? Why am I not really black to you? Um, like one example a girl gave me said that I dress white, which like stayed on my mind for years, and I think it was, uh, cause I wore slacks and a blouse, <laughs> like oh, like I just kept thinking what she, what could she possibly mean by that, um. I've, uh, my son has, my oldest son has been told in school that he wasn't black, uh, because right. of just the way I feel about, well, this, this is a conversation that Tracy and I've had, uh, before, but I'll repeat it is that education is very important to me. So when I moved here and the schools, especially the public schools were not to my standards, I looked at better schools and I ended up putting my kids in private school um, as often as I could. Um, um, and then because private school more often has more whites or just a, a handful of maybe Asians or different, but not a lot of blacks. A lot of times my kid was indeed the only black child in his class or Especially males, especially black males. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, uh, it was perceived that I, one person um, said that I do not want to go to school with black people, the which I was, that was. Repeat, repeat. So, one person made made the statement. (laughs) Made the statement. Assumed. Assumed that I do not want my child to go to school with other black children because I put them in schools that are in private schools. And, um, that did not even cross my mind when I was looking for schools. I was looking for schools education wise. Um, it took me years to like also start saying like, okay, how many black boys do you have? And how many, like, mm-hmm. I was just looking for good schools. Right. And then while in school, my oldest son was told by another black boy from a different grade, a grade above him, that he wasn't really black. And that was because the boy was uh, heavily into uh, Black Panther um, organization from in the in the seventies. Am I yeah, correct? Political, um, yeah, political. Yeah, pol- a lot of political things like strong black political knowledge did he have from this from the U.S. Um, which my son didn't have. He came here at eight. I didn't have that knowledge. I I had the the most uh, generic Martin Luther King and those mm-hmm. like that type of knowledge. Mm-hmm. I was kind of just learning as I went. Mm-hmm. I had a, I have a lot of knowledge black knowledge but from other cultures like mm-hmm. my dad like mm-hmm. a lot of african a lot of through jamaican stuff but not african-american culture that much except for music i would say mm-hmm. that was in our house mm-hmm. and so i i when he told my son that my son was confused i didn't know what to tell my child and so then i did wonder why african-american blacks were not seeing me as black or uh, definitely spades is a big <laughs> like it makes me laugh but like 
like it's so hold against you but at the same time nobody wants to teach you because they don't want to play with do you, you. Do, you, do you know how to play? I just now this right before Christmas one you of my learned. yes <laughs> one of my friends I was like okay you're gonna have to show me instead of like constantly knocking mm-hmm. me on the head that I don't know how to play this, this is not a game yeah <laughs> it's not a game in my country but I think there's a game close to it like can I see if the rules are similar no 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 you're gonna mess up the game okay so then I will never know how to play spades I'm in my 40s nobody wants to tease me apparently you, you learn this young and then that's it so um I know that like and so now I know I played and she told me that I actually did decent so give me another time when you had to define your blackness. The biggest time that I was like, I do not know how to answer this person was during my uh, immigration interview. So again, like everybody knows by now who has been listening, I was born in Suriname and raised in the Netherlands. So during my immigration interview, I was being interviewed by, I was, he was from California, but he was Indian descent. Hmm. And he said that I had to pick between European or being Spanish. What? And I, yes. And I was like, I'm, I'm not, I was like, I'm not European. Because so, he, he was like, what do you want? You know, like in your paperwork. And I was yeah. like, he said, I see that you chose black, but you're not black. And I was like, I am black. And then like, there was like a pause because we're sitting across from each other. And I'm like, you see me. So like, what do you mean? And he's like, you're not black. You were born in South America. I said, that's correct. He was like, so you're Hispanic. I was like, that's incorrect. I was like, my country has no... We, I don't Ties speak, to, yeah, to Latin America, yeah. right. I was like, I don't speak Spanish. Um, and then he was like, well, then you're European. I was like, well, I was raised in Europe. But if I'm not mistaken, this question is about my ethnicity, right? Like, right. It's not a... About your national identity. Yeah, my national, I was like, so... I said, so... I, I, it's, it's black. And he was like, I, I, I don't think it's black. I think you should pick between European and, wow and Hispanic. And I was like, and so we sat there for a while and I was like, yeah, I'm going to stick with black. But I remember leaving cause it was not, it was my interview to approve, right to get like my yes. paperwork and stuff. So I remember leaving thinking like, oh, oh my, my God, gosh, is this going to mess yes. up because you like, should you? Yeah. And I, but I, it, the whole day I kept saying like, I don't know what he want, why he wanted me to say something different or. Right. Interesting. I just didn't know why, why, why me saying black was such an issue. But yeah, it was a, it was an extremely odd moment. Um, I don't like, sometimes I was like, does he thought, think that that would have worked in my favor somehow? Right, right. I don't know. Like it stayed, it stayed on my mind, but. All my paperwork says black now, or like when I check something off, I check black. So interesting. But it, yeah, it was an odd um, experience. Um, black. <laughs> so when I came to America, I mean, as you as you step foot on American soil, you know you're black because the racial dynamics in this country are so entrenched in black versus white. I mean, yes. it's it's you're bombarded with the conversation and the politics it's every it's 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 kind of entrenched in everything here yeah. blackness is identity blackness is politics blackness is disenfranchisement blackness is weaponized blackness is it's it's everywhere because yeah. even your natural hair out is right black black <laughs> right and, and taking a stand right <laughs> so if you don't fit into the perception of black there are questions about your particular blackness 
mm-hmm. and blackness is not monolithic. We come in different shapes and sizes. We have different experiences. But I will say, coming here, I knew that I lacked, I lacked um, a connection to a black identity. Like really, mm-hmm. I knew that I really at a certain stage in my life that I really felt quite detached. I remember. Um, when I first learned about a historical black college or university, I was really quite in shock. Like, there's a school that's just for, a university that's only for. Yeah. And so, um, I was, yeah, I just thought that that was the most awesome thing ever, which is why I ended up going to Howard. And I were, I thought at Howard I would learn about everything that was black, but actually... The curriculum turned out to be quite Eurocentric. Anyway, that's another story for another time. But actually being there and being taught by black professors and walking on the same campus, Tony Morrison and Zorino Hurston and Elaine Locke and so many, Mary Baraka, so many amazing yeah. people um, had walked those same halls. was uh, an amazing experience. So blackness for me was reaffirmed when I went to college. It was where I began to develop an awareness of self and a quote-unquote black identity mm-hmm. my children and i forewarned them i tried to prep them <laughs> ahead of time because they too went to uh, private schools and i knew that there would be questions about their blackness given that um uh i wasn't raised here and some of the things that we do here culturally are different yeah. so i knew that this question of blackness was going to come up for them and um one of my daughters has handled the question of race pretty neutrally. Uh, both uh, belong to the school's affinity groups, students of colour groups. Mm-hmm. Um, one child had, I think, I mean, she's re- she has a heightened she has a heightened sense of awareness about um, race and injustice and social justice. Um, but the other, I think, has had to deal more with these questions about being black enough. And quite mm. recently, there was an event where classmates have actually quite often kind of challenged her blackness. She didn't know about a particular establishment. Yeah. And because she didn't... Jane. Right. Because she didn't know it, they, it was a kind of dismissive statement was made about, oh... No surprise there because mm. you're not really black or she's been called an Oreo. And so these things are hurtful. They're hurtful to, to young people who um, sit in their blackness um, without feeling that they don't claim that title. But when other people question it, it makes them wonder, well, what, where are they deficient Yes. And um, I think this is all about education. It's how you educate your children. And when your children travel the world, when your children are exposed to more than what's, you know, within their immediate... Right, in their immediate perimeter, then they're more um, aware that the world is complex and that people can be black and not, quote-unquote, do blackness in the way that they're familiar with. Yeah. Or that we just, like, yeah, being black does not mean that we share African American experiences only. Um, I just realized it happened to 
my oldest in college. Remember that? That was bad. So uh, my my oldest ended up going to RISD, um, which is in um, Rhode Island School of Design. It's, a, it's an art school. He was there for illustrations. And it's predominantly white, Asian, and then small groups of um, minorities, less uh, blacks and Hispanic, I would say. And there was... But he was there was pressure put on him by a girl who was which was kind of interesting because she was she was mixed she was uh, uh half white and half black and she gave him a really hard time about not clearly taking the standing with the group of blacks and my son explained that he he thought it was odd that he had to choose sides because so much his his friends around him the friends that he had growing up and then the friends at school were very diverse um a lot of asian friends and then also yes also white friends and so he was like i'm why do why when i say that i'm black does it mean that i have to just cross over and be on this one side and so that year in college we had a lot of uh talks about that because he kind of then he felt alone because the the black kids had decided that again the not belonging to like so you don't belong with us but he also doesn't really be, like then the Asian people have their own group and the white people have their own and he was like but I just wanted to enjoy my friendships and then all of a sudden I didn't belong to anybody right and I was like yes uh I can see how that I can see how that happens that that has happened to me several right. times and but it was just hard watching my kid go through that in middle school not middle school i felt was different it was easy just to just tell them like listen you're black that boy just had other black experiences but to be um ostracized as mm -hmm. i say yeah. by by your your peers because they feel like you're not standing for black i thought that was um it was hard to watch him go through it and kind of he stood his ground he said like he was like i'm not it, it there were just odd things that they wanted they wanted um to do these protests when when other races were doing their art and stuff and mm -hmm. he was like i'm just not not he was like i don't, I don't uh, support that so he stood his ground he didn't do it but he said as as the year went by he did feel very like alone because yeah. he wasn't really bonding with any group at some point just his friends just direct friends yeah yeah i think it's hard it's um especially with the young people right and, and it's almost as though we foresee what's going to happen mm -hmm. right you know mm -hmm. ahead of time what's going to happen yeah. uh to kids like ours i mean obviously you know i mean in the 70s and 80s i think maybe even here in america depending on where you lived you may have gone to a school that was had a mixed um student body that wasn't just mm -hmm. kind of homogeneous yeah um i think if you grew up in a household where the parents were socialized in a in an environment that was um heavily influenced by Europe, yes. that's going to play out in the music they listen to and the films they watch. So for example, hmm. because we grew up in the UK, right? Yeah. In the eighties, so I like a lot of English pop music because yeah. or European pop music ABBA yeah. because that's what I grew up listening to that's what was on television at night the yeah. films that we watched I think we mentioned this in uh, yeah. 
Another bit. episode, right? Mary yeah. Poppins and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah. And so, in turn, those are the things that I share with my children because those are the things that I love from my youth. Yes. And, but it, it, it cuts the other way too. I remember one of my daughters, uh, a, a white uh, classmate presumed that she wouldn't know, I think it was David, Bo- David Bowie, that she wouldn't yeah. know who that was because she was black. Yeah. Uh, they were playing some game and then the, the student said something like, oh, you wouldn't know. And... Like, of course, my daughter was like, of course I know. Yeah, like, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't yeah. I know? So, it kind of, it, it, it cuts both ways as well. I think there are also assumptions made that because you're black, you should know. Yeah. Right? And that sometimes comes from people who are, aren't black. Um, who think that, well, you're black, you know. It's like, well, nah, actually, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I wasn't born yet. You I don't. know, I love my TV series, and that's one of the biggest ones. It's like... We had friends, and so I had friends, this TV show on DVD set, and we watched it a lot, and it's one of my favorite memories with my oldest. And um, so then we moved here, and then the stream via games, and like we, like we still laugh and do quotes, but if I do it around African-Americans, they're like, oh, friends, didn't you watch Living Single? And I'm like, I didn't, because I didn't have it. I was ah. like, I watch it now, bit by bit, actually. Like, I'm catching up now on um, Amazon Prime. And, like, and it, it, I have to be honest, it's hard for me. Like, I enjoy it, but not the way I in, enjoyed Friends. But I enjoyed Friends for years and not thinking, and not thinking anything about it. Right. Not thinking, like, oh, these are... These are there's only white people on this show, and I was like, from what I've seen in this country, the groups don't really mix. Now, if this was a, if if this was a Dutch show, and Dutch television is very white, to be honest, like it, it, you can barely find minorities there. But like on the TV programs, so but if it was a, if it was a Dutch show, and I'm like, and somebody would have said like, oh, they could have put in more minorities in there i'm like yes the the netherlands has a lot of different minorities that they can definitely use there's moroccan people turkish indonesia yafa maluk uh like the, if you want others the, i feel like they're more easy to find than uh, 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 others if you wanted to say that you wanted to diverse the television show they just don't mm. but for me seeing a, a a show an america show with just white friends I thought it was accurate. I I haven't met m- that mix of friends here. I haven't met groups of people where I'm like, oh, you guys have a clear big mix of of consistent friends. Mm. It's either a couple of white friends with an Indian friend or a couple of white friends with one black friend or like I don't see the mixture of I don't even see it the other way around a group of black friends with a one white friend. So I thought the show was accurate and it didn't bother me. But now as living here, I see like when when people get upset, like there's no minorities on it. And I'm like, I know, but I also don't necessarily want to throw them in there just because. Well, that's the worst, right? Yeah. You don't want to like, show where there's a token fill in the blank anything yeah. because it reads so false. Yeah. Living Singles with Joan. Uh no no no, no that, Queen Latifah. There's Queen Latifah and um I know Living Single. Uh what's the dark skinned lady? Too pretty to me. Tootie. Um 
and so the 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 best friend doesn't live there, but it's often quite yeah, yeah, I know, I know. over the, the cousin Max, yeah. and then the two males upstairs. Yes, like. yes. No, I no, I watched Living Single. I did not watch Friends because. Uh, but apparently, so the people are like Living Single was the real Friends, blah blah. blah. Oh, and really? then Yeah, and so now I catch myself not talking about Friends because it all it does is ignite this oh. like as soon as I like express like. You know, if I want to make a joke about it, like, this is one sentence that I'm like, yeah, and then I'm like, oh, what you about, don't watch Living Singles? So what about like, Seinfeld? So, again, I, I love Seinfeld. <laughs> I love Seinfeld. And, like, so people are like, are like, what black show did you watch? The Cosby Show is a black show that we have. And I, I feel like, the yeah, the, which I thought was amazing. Um, and Different World. Those yeah, are the two the different black world. shows that, that I can for, say, for like, I saw shows. at home. Yeah. The rest I saw here, and then to be honest, the shows that when I first moved here that I started watching were like um, were HBO, and so they were like it was Oz, and like mm. so yes, it's minority, but it's it was kind of heavy and dark. Yeah, it wasn't as as light. Mm. Um, yeah. I didn't watch Friends. I did not watch Seinfeld, but I did watch Cheers. Yes. I did watch Frasier. Mad About You. Yes, Wings. We I loved Wings. <laughs> I love Frasier. Yeah. I shouldn't say love Frasier. I watched Frasier. I My daughter Frasier. actually likes Frasier quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but I did watch Living Single and I did watch uh the show Tracy Ellis Ross. Um Girlfriend. Girlfriend. But not when it was on. I watched it in like reruns. Ally McBeal. Um, yes, we watched Ally McBeal because <laughs> my husband watched Ally McBeal. Um So yeah, I guess I was just used to watching white shows without really paying attention that I was watching more white content than I think yeah. we just um well I mean well I came in the late eighties so I watched all of those um I mean I think everybody did regardless of race so I watched um I mean I loved 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 Michael J Fox yes so yes God <laughs> so oh my I God watched, how much I love um, him. Uh, so I watched all Back to the Future, all of those movies. Growing but Pains. I love Growing Pains. I loved Who's the Boss. Mm-hmm. I loved um, and those were all white cars. Yeah. I mean, that's what was on television. Except Alf. Facts, facts of Life. Alf was awful. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think it bleeds into what you share with your children, and then so your children are singing. Yeah, they a do. song. Right, they're not singing the Wiz and the yes, <laughs> right. They're yes, singing yes. the Wizard of Oz, and then it's like, oh, yeah. you don't know the Wiz, or even even like the Happy Birthday, right? They're singing the regular the Happy regular Birthday, birthday and then other people break into the Stevie Wonder <laughs> with an <laughs> and, extra beat and a clap, right, and you're like, and oh, you don't, okay. you don't, you weren't raised <laughs> with that. You don't know that. So, I mean, even but, food wise, like. It, it, our culture, Suriname culture, doesn't have fried food like that. Neither does Dutch culture, to be honest. Like, well, Dutch snacks. We have a lot of fried snacks that you can get. Like, when you're out and about, it's not necessarily something I feel like people really do at home. At least not the people that I knew uh, when I was growing up and now. But, so, I Suriname people have what I would we call cooked food, which is rice and mm-hmm. chicken and veggies and blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then... 
and then for Dutch people, I always feel like they're it's they have they eat sandwiches and then dinner, which is like potato and a piece of meat and like um right right same like kind of like you know like yeah. yeah and like soups and stuff. Same. But then when we moved here, and like when my kid eats, people are like it's also not considered black enough. I was like, but we didn't grow up with those kind of heavy fried foods. I do not know anything about was chitlins. Or anything like we we do not eat that. So well, maybe we do. I do. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we do. Um, but we have something similar to your pudding, but it doesn't smell like that. Like what it doesn't. Pudding? Sp- pudding is that the black pudding? Oh, the, that's um, English. Oh well, it's yeah. bar- in Barbados South, I think is what they call it. And we have ours is called bloodwurst, which yeah, is really bloodwurst, yeah, yeah yeah. So yeah, we have that. Actually, we have this thing. Certain people have this thing called flutter. And I wonder if that's, but it's still not chitlins though, like. I don't know. I mean, mm-mm. in the Caribbean, I've I never, never smelled that smell before in my no. life. When they prepare it, I was shocked. Wait, and who prepares it? My South people, my down oh, South people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they do. So. So wait, did you like eat that for no, Christmas? No, I I just can't. Was, was it was it there? It was Christmas? there. Yeah, it was there for Christmas. Is it yeah. there for Thanksgiving too? Yes. Yeah. It's a delicacy then. I guess so. It's not something people would eat every day, obviously. But everybody but me eats it, I feel like. My my sister-in-law, her husband, her kids. And it's the innards of a... What is it? The innards of a... Cow? What is it? Do you think why people like it? Is it texture? What is it that they like about it? (laughs) So, well, we grew up... No, I I don't know. I shouldn't laugh like that. But I mean, because even when it's prepared, I leave. Like, even when it's put on the plate, I choose to sit furthest like away it. from like I just I, I don't know what is likable about I see they put a lot of hot sauce on it and stuff like that so it's very seasoned and it takes a long time to make because you're cleaning intestines um, but it's just not something that I grew up with like well we grew up I mean obviously as we know those who were enslaved had to use every part of well I think even the Europeans you had to use those days every part of the animal yeah um but for us we were given the off cast well not the choicest parts of meat meat so therefore people had to be well i would say here they had to be creative and caribbean be creative with how you cooked what was left so we had um oxtail and pigtail and that was used in soup i never had that before i moved here either right and um well, I'm a vegetarian, so I'm limited <laughs> to, and, and I became vegetarian very early in my teens. But um, in yeah. the Caribbean, there are some, you know, some off-putting parts of the animal that are used in cooking. Well, not to cut you off, but that my grandma told us that when she first got to the Netherlands, was my grandma, my aunt, told us that the the chicken feet. Mm-hmm. She was like, you could just go to the market and pick them up. Chicken. They weren't being sold. But right. then I guess when they realized, like, wait, they all eat this, then they started right. selling it. Right. But right. And the uh, neck... before you could just go and get it. Right. And like, yeah. And so... my cousins will say, I, not me, I can't do it. But like, I saw Cardi B do it the other day, and I was like, good Cardi for you. Cardi B eat chicken feet? Yeah, she's just like, suck it. She did just, the funny thing is, she did it exactly how my cousin do it. And I was like, so it must be, if you can take it, it must be enjoyable. Same right. for the neck, they're all slurping on it and the chewing it. The neck, I know the neck part too. So, but um, yeah, not for me, thank you. 
No, I um I do enjoy. Are we snobbish? Maybe that would. Ah, just what we're familiar with. I do enjoy what they call quote unquote soul food. So the parts of soul food that I eat, macaroni and cheese. Yes, yeah. love mac and um, cheese. We don't have that either. We have a do so our macaroni and cheese is made the European way with bechamel sauce. Oh, in mm-hmm. the in in England, so you the sauce is a like flour, oh, it's flour, melted oh. cheese, milk, special yeah. sauce. Mm-hmm. That's how we do macaroni and cheese there. But you then is it with cauliflower? Baked or is it just on no, the it's, stove? It's baked. It's still baked. Okay. So you cook it on the stove and then you and then you bake it. Yeah. Okay. Um, we do that with cauliflower too, cauliflower okay. and cheese, and that you you, you do it on ogatan with the potatoes too, but. I do like the macaroni and cheese. Uh, I'm a vegetarian. Well, I eat fried fish. I eat. I'm pescatarian, so I eat yeah. fried fish. And I like donut stuff. I don't eat candied yams. I do. Um, not really a fan of um, ca- uh, uh, which one? What's the greens? Collard greens. Collard greens. I like but they do taste. I think like callaloo. What about they, you? they remind me of um, a Suriname. Um, they remind me of a Suriname green, and um, so either it's either tiger blood or dagu blood or yeah, either one of those. I would say is probably colored greens. Like anytime I eat it, I'm like, this is almost exactly that. But um, I do not know. I don't think those are sold here, or like I'm not that good at picking the leaf out they look very similar to me mm. uh but and those are also not vegetables that the dutch eat that that is a suriname specific thing it's not a yeah it's definitely not a a, a dutch thing a dutch white thing so dago blood and tire blood those are the two that i say are collard greens and then other dishes that I like or learned to like or enjoyed when I moved here are like uh, down south they say dressing I think it's also stuffing it's the same thing I think it's like it's like sa- sausage meat and stuff like that oh what you put in the turkey yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I like that yeah we call it stuffing and then um, what about the candied yams I don't I like that. those I love it yeah. well, I don't eat I don't like sweet and savoury oh yeah I do like that to me together. that's supposed to be ham I like it when they made that Glazed ham, yeah, and then I'm trying to think of all the stuff that Patricia used to make because it was very more brisket, isn't was a new thing to me. That's Jewish. Oh really? Okay, yes. That's Jewish brisket. I've only um I'm I'm thinking of the things that I ate at Thanksgiving that I was like, ooh, that's new to me. But um, yeah, I think you named macaroni and cheese was definitely different. I don't I don't enjoy fried food like that. Fried chicken, fried fish. It doesn't sit on my stomach that well. Yeah. Know. Like it's just not It's about one of the few yeah. things I But can I don't I you know, I don't you know what I really w- would love to know how to make better. I, I, it's got it's not as bad as before, but gravy is also something I didn't grow up with. We don't certain people don't make gravy. We make this thing called shoot, which is kinda like it's it's not it's not as thick as gravy. It's kind of just comes about during when you make your chicken in the oven or like so that you have like a shoe to to I don't know how to explain shoe. Right. <laughs> yeah, and like to 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 put over your rice and and your veggies as you eat. Um, but we don't we don't have gravy. Not the way my uh, 
my in-laws make it for sure. So as far as being like black enough, I, I, I realized that I, what I did for myself was like, I'm just not going to take it personal when anybody tells me that I'm not black enough or when there's an, an odd remark made about how I decided to be black, I guess. Like, cause I really don't know any other way the, I'm, I, I'm, to me, I'm very pro-black and it's important to me that my kids know black history, it's in, but all black history, just so it, it can be one-sided be, just because of my background. I teach them other stuff and because of my dad. My dad taught us different stuff. Um, which Actually, that was a nice proud moment with my oldest. He was like, it was the last year or the year the last in high school and they got some stuff about Haile Selassie and he knew a lot. And they kept asking him, like, like, how come you know this stuff? And he was like, this dude hangs in my grandfather's house. Like, yeah. I know this stuff. And right. I, I like that he had that. And that was also, I don't feel like my dad set him down to teach him that. It's just from being around right. him that he got that. Um, so I feel like that's how my, my black enough, I'm, to me, in, like, the way I feel inside, like, I don't think anybody can convince me any different. Like, I'm black. And I feel like my life and everything around it is absolutely black enough. I, and, and what I support in my life is black enough. But I also know that I'm a person that looks at as every human being as for who they are. So I do have a, I do have a very diverse group of friends. And I do easily mix with other cultures or back, people from different backgrounds. But it's also because like... I enjoy it. I enjoy knowing how you say mom and hello and goodbye in other languages and, and learning people's traditions and stuff. But I don't think it takes away of how black I am or how I represent myself as a black person. Right. And, you know, I guess there's also a generational thing, right? Because mm -hmm. prior to coming, we kept on hearing about not being like those black Americans. And there's always that, um, not always, but there's often tension between... And those of African descent, yeah. those those who were born in America, who are of African descent, obviously, um, and then foreigners, right? People from yeah. the Caribbean who are of African descent. We're all of African descent, but there's that, there's that tension between the groups. Yes. And unfortunately, sometimes people from the Caribbean or Africa have... Um, misconceived notions about African-Americans because they don't understand the history. Yeah. They're not tolerant to know the history. So they have assumptions and stereotypes yes. about black Americans, which can be really, I think, um, damaging to relationships, right? There's, a, yes, to the, there's an idea that you're... Possible unity. Right, yeah. that you're better than, or you mm -hmm. think you're better than, or this whole idea that... Um, Black people who are not American born are um we have chip you know we have a chip on our shoulder, mm. and that's unfortunate and and obviously we have children who are black and they were born here, yeah. so they yeah. are quote unquote african American and yes. um you know they'll have their own their own have to chart their own path, of course, but for me um I can say I came to America with some of the um, kind of misconceived notions about yeah. black America. 
in part, my view of Black America was based on what I saw on television. Yep. And what I heard my parents and other people say. Yeah. But then going to school and studying, then that helped me understand history much more. And I could be certainly much more empathetic, knowledgeable, um, politically active and engaged. And it put me in a position where I could educate and help others unlearn Mm -hmm. the kind of stereotypes that they had about black america and black american society i think also because i come from especially from my mom's side of culture that is like kind of more trained in like you know like having manners and blah blah like you 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 should behave and all that nice colonial stuff that Mm -hmm. comes along when i first moved here i definitely felt like oh they're so loud and like why they're always screaming about something i'm yes i am talking about african-americans and then Go after a couple of years of being here and going back, I came to this conclusion that I was like, where I thought that blacks overseas were better off because it seems like they were having a better life. They were they had a better better homes, better daily life or daily mm-hmm. living. Um, like their surroundings didn't look decrepit and like as we have like other projects that I've seen here, I've never seen before in my life mm-hmm. right and so um i had just never seen black people live like that and so um or even in suriname if you're if you're poor it your house is still very clean mm-hmm. so i that was another thing like all the filth and stuff like i was just not that just struck me as odd like why don't they clean up like why don't like why are they being so loud why they, all these things but then going back home and watching blacks in the Netherlands, I really felt that the, the Netherlands just took a different approach on how to brainwash and keep a certain group down. And I felt like they went the, the way of making a comfort zone. If mm. I put you in a comfort zone where you can go to work and have a decent home and have a decent, you won't complain as much about all the other injustice things that go on. Like there's definitely the a hierarchy in who has jobs, like managers and like almost always white males and then if then white females. Like if you if you look at again Dutch television, there is almost no recognition of like what the country really looks like, especially mm. the cities. Like it's like minorities don't exist. Um I feel like any any place of power or even political where people try to break in the Netherlands can be extremely petty at how they approach how like then you know like make images about that person if especially if the person has an Arabic background um and so people lose the courage to like keep going into that race and I felt like that's where African-American for me have a a leg up or like have done way way better at like having a thick skin and keep on and actually really breaking ceilings and like doing goals but that that definitely took me first living here and then going back and like scanning what my eyes were used to and realizing like no actually this is a very dormant way to live and like again like the celebration that we just had black pete it's only the the later years that group that more and more minorities 
black minorities in the Netherlands are getting loud about that and we do have support but I think that's another thing like because it's so black and white here you can be loud together as in the Netherlands mm. there's so many different minority groups that they don't really stand together right so then it seems like it's not really your issue like I don't think a Moroccan person or a person from Turkey is necessarily that upset about black people they're like meh like, right, but doesn't pertain to yeah, me. Yeah, doesn't really pertain to me. And even people from Indian descent often like pull back for us. Like even though they can be from Suriname, but they'll pull back and like doesn't look like they don't mean me. Right. So I'm pulling back. Right. Right. And so I feel like African Americans definitely have done a way better job at staying focal, at being organized, at really breaking some real serious stuff that actually really affected the rest of the world i do feel like blacks from the rest of the world look at what african americans do music wise education wise like like just certain things that but they drive culture they drive culture and yeah. you're right i mean well we should acknowledge right politically haiti right haiti yes, is the first nation to yeah. gain the independence from the french um but then the french ensured that they would be punished forever after yes that. in but, any way yeah but yeah I, I mean i think you're right black america has um been hugely influential uh across the globe that's not to discount uh individuals in the caribbean who mm-hmm. fought and achieved their ind- independence and the same likewise for the continent of africa individuals who fought and and gained their own independence but black america certainly youth culture is um extremely influential yeah and there's a lot of power there's a lot of currency that comes with social capital that comes with blackness um but not just african-american blackness just blackness in general yeah i really mean from the perspective of like what my eyes were used to then what they got to see and then go back and be like hey actually this is absolutely a lot of things are actually not okay as to where being there and growing up in it i don't necessarily i never remember feeling that things weren't okay um, I think a good example that I can give is like we have a, a, um, a person uh, I'm blanking on how to say it but well his name is Anton de Com, and he's basically for Suriname one of our people that like spoke up wrote books and but I never learned about him except for like my parents and there was a center that we used to go play in that was named after him, but nothing like that to me was just a center that I used to go to because it had activities. I, I didn't I didn't link that to this man is important to my heritage. And then not until like re- being here and like not being here, but I read some of his books and then seeing here how people do ingrain like the, their scholars or their people that stood up and spoke about being black and your heritage. I was like, we don't do that. And then I, I actually voiced that once and and this person was like, it must be because you're in the US. And I'm like, no, you, you're, missing, you're missing what I'm saying. When I was in the Netherlands as a child all the way into adulthood, not once in school did somebody mention Anton de Comte to me, which I think is part, why don't you mention that history? He was he's right. very important to Suriname history. Right. Like, why wouldn't you mention this person? Or... Um, even our festival, Kwaku Festival, is very important to being black or being black Suriname person. We have the festival, but there, there's not a lot of talk about why the festival is there. Like, and even now the festival is is so washed. I I don't feel like you can you can barely tell that it's 
for Suriname people. That's it's just origin. Yeah, kinda... and just like, but it's Kwaku is it's um. It's, it's, for, it's the ending of our slavery. It's the 1st of July. Like, just, oh, yeah. Like Juneteenth here. Yeah. June 17th. And so I felt like, that. why is that not being made more clear? Like, there's no ownership of our, of our Suriname inheritance. And it's not taught in school. It's not, like, you, you have to. Or when you have people that are really into Suriname culture, I feel like other Suriname people can feel like, like you said, like, then, they, then we choose to look down. Because it's right. like, oh, that's too... As to cave, right? Like there's two back in the day. Too primitive. Yeah, too primitive. And I'm like, is it though, or are we like, why? Like, and that, and that I have from my dad. Like, why? No, we're doing this. Like, it's part of us, and it, and it's fine. Right. And I, I did. My eyes didn't open to that until after living here for a couple of years, and then going back and seeing how, how adapted. Suriname people kind of really are, except for parties. We know how to give Suriname parties. Yeah. That, that stayed the same. When like, but I feel like no, we can definitely for our kids and our and generations of Suriname kids that are born there now, which, um, Suriname language is very mixed into street language now, and like Dutch street language. Can you give an example? Uh, yeah, it's like. Um. So even like see, so even other minorities use some of some of the Suriname words yeah like patois in english yeah was, and like yeah. so like now in street talk it's like i'm trying to think because i'm like i've so it would like, be like here where you hear people say like big up to somebody yeah 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 kind of like that or like i'm trying to think of what word they really love throwing in there but i'm blanking but and or like in their music like in white in like mm-hmm. in white dutch rap or just dutch mm-hmm. rap there's a lot of suriname like words sprinkled in there and I'm like that's all cute and that's nice but there's no real Mm. lessons about our our history and our culture and even slavery is is honestly nicely swept under the under the the rug like I I didn't I didn't know that the Dutch had that big of a um, role in the beginning of slavery like and and they did, and that's absolutely not taught in school or like made clear, um, and so yeah, a lot of times I, I do feel like my blackness def definitely from my dad from just like like making sure that certain but def not in school, not amongst friends or because our friendships are so mixed with other cultures mm-hmm. and like, and then you just get what you get from right from just being with your cousins and stuff, but you're not talking about history then. So I feel certain history is getting lost, but if, unless we take like better initiatives, like, and to me, more initiative can be taken in the Netherlands to uphold Suriname culture, yeah. All right, yeah. well, <laughs> I, think we've, I think we've unpacked a lot. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll continue this conversation. And I think our next, our next podcast is going to be about blackness but what does it mean to be black and to be an immigrant or to be a working actor or singer or entertainer in america and how that blackness um becomes an issue for division foreign blackness right foreign yes. blackness yeah i love it yeah <laughs> all right all right so we'll see you next time yeah see you Thank next you. time